Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Whether it's buying your bananas at the supermarket, whether it's shopping for clothes, the big thing at the moment on all of our minds is ethical. I'm sitting with Jodie Fitzgerald from Morningstar Investment Management. Hey, Jodie, how are you? I'm well, thank you. And what's your role at Morningstar? So, I am the head of institutional portfolio management. So, Morningstar has a number of different business units. I work in the investment management side where we manage money on behalf of clients. How much money would you manage-ish? Morningstar Investment Management manages $281 billion globally on behalf of clients. Wow. Do you ever take some of that cash home to manage? No, look, no. you know, they're, they're, it's really frowned upon. <laughs> I have asked, though, because if you don't ask, you don't get, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. But, um, anyway, so let's get to it. We're in the Sofitel in Sydney. We just came off a national tour with some financial advisors having a chat about behavioral investing. And I will get you back on the full show with John. And we're going to take a deep dive into behavioral investing. And that's just going to be crazy. Sounds good. But you did touch in your presentation earlier, which my ears pricked up about ethical investing. We hear a lot about ethical investing. What are some of the misconceptions that you hear out there from comments being made versus what the actual fact is. Sure. I think the key misconception is what is ethical, right? So there's no one definition of this. And and you'll hear different phrases. You'll hear socially responsible investing. You'll hear impact investing, ESG, ethical investing. They actually all mean slightly different things. And what's ethical for one person might not be for the other. Exactly. I could be a walking chimney and puff on lung lollies all day long, I think cigarettes are ethical. Yeah. I don't, for the record. (laughs) (laughs) Phew. Yeah. Um, But yeah, no, everyone's got a slightly different definition of what's what they'd like to avoid in investments. And that's the other key thing that you need to understand about ethical. Is ethical investing or ESG investing... What's ESG stand for? um, Environmental, social and governance. Right. Now, that one is probably more popular and more embedded in most investment managers' processes. And the reason for that is that when somebody's trying to look at investment and take the stock market, for example, and they're trying to work out if the stock's you know, price is going to go up or down, one of the key things that an analyst will look at is, well, what's the governance of this business? What's the chance that management's going to do something stupid that will involve them being involved in a lawsuit that's from an environmental perspective, a workplace um, health and safety issue, whatever it might be. So a lot of ESG is actually embedded into most processes because of a focus on governance. It's important. But then you go to the other spectrum of ethically investing, which is where you're saying, well, actually, I don't want my money to be investing in certain companies. Um, now, that really does become a very, very wide range of what solutions you might get in that space. Like there's shades of green, basically, and there's big shades of green when it comes to ethical investing. We know now, I guess, as in the investment space and as a society, we're getting to the point where 
tobacco is really, really bad from a public health point of view at the, I guess, walking around here, you know, we're not smelling or breathing in smoke anymore, back to the producers of tobacco. Yes. So the whole, I guess, value or supply chain or whatever you want to call it in terms of tobacco. Now, Dr. Bronwyn King, she's, a, she's an oncologist. Yep. And she really kind of started this move at an institutional level to ditch tobacco out of portfolios. Yeah. She, she has a fascinating story because she was invested you know, in, a, in sort of just a typical industry fund and as an oncologist was shocked one day to find out that she owned tobacco companies, which didn't obviously sit well philosophically with her. And that's what started her movement. But um, she's promoted some really great awareness around the issue and, and a lot of um, the your funds are starting to divest from to- uh, tobacco. You touched on before that there's a spectrum of ethical. Yes. Okay. Now, how deep do you go down the rabbit hole? Yeah. Talk to me about one of the most commonly loved supermarkets in Australia. Yep. And yeah, just have your little rant or comment. Have your little comment on on what you talked about on stage earlier. Yeah, so somebody was asking me about <laughs> sorry, it's a random stranger taking a photo. Not a random yeah. stranger, but <laughs> a man taking a photo. Um, so what we were talking about earlier today was that somebody had asked me about um, ethical investing, and I said, "You, what you want need to understand is what is it you're trying to achieve? What is it you want? Whether it's for your clients or whether it's you as an individual investor, because there's a lot of different things that you can actually do." So, for example, do you want to just invest in companies where you know they've got strong governance? They may not be perfect, and if they have instances where they haven't been perfect, they rectify those situations quickly. Um, Do you want to be an active shareholder and try to influence companies? It's a lot easier to influence companies as a shareholder than it is as an outsider looking in, abstaining from investments. Or do you want to actually what we refer to as negatively screen the investment universe? So you make a stand to say, I will not invest in, in companies that are involved in certain types of activity. And one example of that would be gambling. So some of the, the typical vice companies, you know, whether yes. it be alcohol, gambling, tobacco, armaments, uh, not that armaments is a vice, but, uh, you know, they're often excluded from negatively screened portfolios. The question becomes, how far do you go? Mm. So let's take Woolworths, for example. So Woolworths is actually the largest owner of poker machines in Australia. So does that mean you don't invest in Woolworths? Does it mean you don't shop at Woolworths now? Exactly. How far does how this far go? How far do you go? Do you own bank stocks? Because banks, if, for example, you've decided you don't want to invest in fossil fuel, banks lend money to companies involved in the fossil fuel industry. So the question becomes is, how far do you want to take it? There's, it's kind of a choose-your-own-adventure path, right? Mm. What I would say, though, is that the further and the harder you screen a universe, you start to restrict the investment opportunities that are available and therefore you can restrict the returns that you might be able to achieve. That's definitely true in equities. Um, other markets like bond markets is a bit different because in a bond market, you either get your money back or you don't. Yeah, it's a yes or no. So it's a for, another form of risk management really within bond markets uh, to avoid those companies that might be subject to issues or, or public backlash. Mm. So it depends on how deep you want to go with it. I, I put it out on Instagram before um, at very late notice so there actually isn't many questions, but there is one question here from Stephen John. Uh, 
who regulates slash defines an ethical investment and what is the preferred asset class? So is there like a, a government agency, ethical investment standard bureau or something like that? No, no, right. there's not. There is uh, the um, RIAS, the Responsible Investment Association of Australia. You can have, so fund managers can have their product um, reviewed by them with regards to you know, does it meet ethical standards and is it green so you can sort of get an understanding there. But it's kind of like the Heart Foundation tick, right? Mm. You've actually got to go and get accredited and, 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 and so forth. As I mentioned before, ESG investing is embedded in a lot of processes because of the impact it can have on share prices. Yeah. Um, but if you're looking for a negatively screened capability, you know, you might want to start with an organisation like Rio who'll be able to tell you where to go. But there's no, there is no formal regulation um it's it's, it's a, a chi- self-regulated thing yeah. like we're ethical we don't invest in tobacco by the way we own 20 percent in Woolworths yeah so yeah. it's that yeah, yeah okay exactly. so you just got to dig under the hood a little bit when you're looking for investments but also you've got to remember as well that you know so, so some companies they might have a small portion of their businesses involved in unethical behavior so then the next question becomes, well, if it's only 1% of their total business and that 1% of the way they generate money, but it's something I really don't like, like armaments. What is that, sorry? Uh, oh, armaments. Bom- yeah, like guns, bombs, yeah, military. military stuff. Yeah, sure. Do I not invest with them, even though 99% of what they do is okay? Mm. It's a real societal tipping point um, in every area. Yeah. And... I've just got one more question to wrap up, and I know we've probably just provoked more people's thought than giving any direct answer, but I invest in a SRI fund. Yep. I don't have 100% of my wealth in there because of a diversity thing. And that fund, and that fund, it's had some cracking returns yep. over the last 10 years or whatever, like yep. absolutely cracking. Are the, re- are the cracking returns due to the quality underlying assets or the hype of inflows going in? And almost there's just a lot of hype for people buying the underlying stocks on the market. I'd, like, Well, I can't comment on the flows into that fund because I don't, I don't know. But the reality is there's a lot of studies done on if you invest ethically, do you give up performance? And a lot of those studies... That's probably a more refined question. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of those studies suggest that actually no, because businesses that actually adopt good ethical, social and governance policies are better run businesses. And a better run business will be capable of actually producing more solid, repeatable performance over the long term. Um, now, that doesn't mean that these stocks will always outperform because some of the, what I like to refer to as the vice stocks, so yes. the you know, alcohol, gambling, tobacco, you know, they're going to have their day in sun and they can outperform. But over longer investment periods... You know, there's a suggestion from the research that actually you don't necessarily give up performance. Assuming you don't get too strict with the screen, as I said before, if you're going to start screening out companies that have 1% of their business in an undesirable area, if and you draw that, and the line... it could be unintended exposure to that area through a, a sub-business within... Or a like, joint venture or, yeah. or anything. So yeah. it just depends on how green you want to go. If you want to be extraordinarily deep green, you've, you're quite limited in where you can invest and I, I would suggest that that's when you're likely to sort of see some impacts on the return profiles. Wow. So any final tips? If someone did want to go 100% ethical, 
Like, what would you say they do to start that journey? Start the journey by sitting down and thinking about why am I doing this and what do I want to achieve? What don't I like? Do I just simply want to make sure my money's going to good places or have I got a personal belief that I do not want to be involved in certain activities? Which, if you go down that rabbit hole, if you are on that extreme, yep. I don't actually want to see you shopping in Woolworths and I want to see you growing your own produce in your backyard. Yeah, like, it's, it's, it's a fair call, right? You can't be hypocritical about it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, some of the other things I talk about as well is the, um, you know, people often talk about fossil fuels and divesting from fossil fuels. As a society, though, if we stop making, stop using fossil fuels tomorrow, the lights go out. So It's a process. So to which point do you be pragmatic about it and say, well, actually, I'm not going to invest in the worst polluters. And I understand that actually some of the people involved in fossil fuels are trying to invest in renewables and so So maybe they're the ones that I seek out. Mm, mm. So you need to sit down, work out objectively why you're doing this, what do you want to achieve, how green do you want to be, how far do you want to go. Yeah, and apply that same standard of your investing to your own life. Yes. <laughs> if possible. Oh, don't be a hypocrite. <laughs> don't be a, we're all hypocrites really, aren't we? <laughs> Yeah. So anyway, Jody, thank you so much. And thanks to Morningstar Investment Management for allowing you to come on and have a chat. No problem. And we will pin you down. I'll get John on the show and we're going to spend a good hour talking about behavior and it's going to be a lot of fun. Awesome. All right. Look thanks, forward Jody. to it. Bye. Bye. If you are after personal financial advice, this podcast is not for you. In fact, it's a general advice podcast. But if you do want somebody to talk to, jump onto sortyourmoneyout.com and click on Get Help and I'll be able to put you in touch with an advisor or a mortgage broker who can actually sit down with you or have a Skype or a Zoom meeting and really work out what you need based on your own personal circumstances. Any advice in this podcast is of a general nature only and has not been tailored to your personal circumstances. Please seek personal advice prior to acting on this information. Before making a decision to acquire a financial product, you should obtain and read the product disclosure statement relating to that product. Opinions constitute our judgment at the time of issue and are subject to change. Neither the licensee, any of the National Australia Group of Companies, nor their employees or directors give any warranty of accuracy nor accept any responsibility for errors or omissions in this podcast. Glenn James, Urban Getter Proprietary Limited, trading as Sort Your Money Out, are authorised representatives of Apogee Financial Planning Limited, AFSL 230689. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 